When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is the BWI Daily Happy Hour, and the last couple of weeks I have not been pulling my weight on a happy hour show being all serious and buttoned up, so I have my most fun work shirt on, and we're going to get into some recruiting information. This is our this is kind of our potpourri show. Recruiting information, we're going to have uh, a game preview coming up the end of Central Michigan and Penn State, and of course, my favorite segment of the week, Ryan Snyder's Best Bets, all with Ryan Snyder coming up in just one second on the BWI Daily Edition. Ryan Snyder about to head out on a busy day in uh, recruiting because it's Friday, and that means he's going to be on the road checking out some prospects, but he's taking a little bit of time today to uh, give you the insider information, the scoop on Ryan Snyder's best bets. That's coming up in just a little bit, but we've got some recruiting stuff to get to today. Ryan, how prepared are you for the weekend? A lot of stuff happening. Yeah, busy weekend. I'm heading off to Pittsburgh here in like an hour to uh, watch Quentin Martin. So excited to watch that. Uh, of course, five-star player. He's been begging, or not begging me, but in all of our conversations, he's been marking this Thomas Jefferson game as the game I got to attend. So uh, this is this is the one I, I've I've had on my calendar for for I don't know two months now. So looking forward to that. Of course, he's a five star for a reason. A lot of hype around Quinton. I think anyone who follows Penn State recruiting knows that. Uh, I think you can make a case that he's already the most important prospect for Penn State, and that you know that includes 2023, 2024. He yeah. he is a, a true superstar prospect, and and in the state of Pennsylvania, it makes him all the more important. So looking forward to that. Uh, I'm in my bedroom today. I told you guys I've been uh, not happy with my audio, so. I want to give it a new trial. Let's see if uh, it's a little bit better for you guys. And uh, yeah, so just a, a new setting here. Don't well, maybe get used to it. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure out in, uh, after <laughs> <At> the, <laughs> we'll figure out by all the comments. At the very least, we're getting a tour of the new house. And so far, Ryan, I yes. love it. Classy downstairs with the hardwood floors. The uh, the very nice sitting room you've got here. I love it. So far, your house has exceeded the expectations of when you bought it from what I hear. But don't worry, I'm house poor, so <laughs> and I will be for some time. So you're paying for it, that's for sure. Yes. Uh, so so it is the it's the happy hour show. So I'm going to cheers and uh, cheers. Actually, you know you got to drive soon, so you know none for you. Yeah. But uh, we're we're having a good time here, and by pointing out how you're having a good time, you know you're having a good time. That's a transition into let's talk about some football. Tayshawn Lyons, a player that uh, has recently gotten an offer from Penn State. I want to start there. What are you hearing about the situation? And uh, Penn State looking for receivers. They got more cropping up in the class of 2023, like you said they would. Mm-hmm. So, well, first off, Tayshawn got, got an offer recently. Uh, four-star prospect out of Hayward, California, 6'2", 165. Uh, really nice kid. I mean, everything off the field stacks up here would be would be perfect for Penn State, right? So it's it should be no surprise that Notre Dame is the other school here pushing hard. Feels feels like you know Notre Dame, Penn State, Michigan, uh, oftentimes Ohio State as well. Uh, they they recruit many of the same kids, have many of the same values, and 
Um, you know, Tayshawn, Tayshawn fits uh, all these schools really well, but mm-hmm. uh, just just a, a fast rise here over the last month or so. He's been he's been a popular guy. A lot of a lot of new offers coming in for Tayshawn. Uh, the, the, I'll be I mean, to get right to the point here, we just got to see if he's going to be able to visit or not. He told us this yeah. week he's thinking about visiting. He just came off an, uh, an official visit to Ohio State, went really well. Uh, I, I'm not surprised that, you know, most of my colleagues think Ohio or excuse me, Notre Dame uh, is is the uh, team to beat here. So I, I wouldn't disagree with that. He's just coming off an official visit. Uh, he has taken one other official visit to Washington so far, but uh, has three remaining. So let's see how it how it shakes out. Like I said, I, I know Penn State's working hard. They, they would love to get him on campus for the whiteout game here. Uh, what? Just about a month from now from from today. So. We'll, we'll see how, how it plays out, but they're pushing hard here. Stubblefield's working to, to build a relationship, and so far, so good. But until until he gets on campus, man, it's just really hard to, to tell where this is going to go. Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned Washington because, you know, first glance looking at this footage here of him on film reminds me a little bit of Dante Pettis, who was a Washington wide receiver, you know, uh, really fast, super athletic guy that can make you miss and has all the different types of speed. Um, you know, and again, getting into the film, all of the deeper stuff you can find out later, but just it, it just reminds me of the what you said when it comes to receiver all the way back to the misses on Rodney Gallagher and Noah Rogers. If there's one position where there's always another player and you can find guys, receiver is one where there's a lot more receivers than maybe uh, elite offensive tackles. And for sure, Tishon, uh, Tishon Lyons is, is another great option for the Nittany Lions in this class. So, you know, the bounce back can happen in 2023. And I just, this is such an interesting, ever-evolving process. There are more names than that, though, uh, coming out this week and kind of the update on the receiver position. Who else is out there for for Penn State? Yeah, so, I mean, I'll switch. I mean, there, there was a new offer this week at offensive line. I'm going to switch over to that real quick. Keyshawn okay. Blackstock, uh, junior, junior college offensive uh, tackle uh, that I think we really need to, to talk about here. I mean, he, he's another guy who uh, played, I think, six games last year. Didn't have a whole lot of love, you know, didn't have a whole lot of schools uh, pursuing him. And then just in August, he started picking up a couple offers. Now in the month of September, he's already at 20 offers in one month, which is which is pretty impressive. Obviously, Uh, you know, six, five. I forget. I forget his height or his weight off the top of my head. Six, five. I forget exactly what it is, but he's a true left tackle playing left tackle for Coffeeville uh, Community College out in Kansas. Uh, Auburn's in the mix. Mississippi State, um, Oklahoma State, Missouri. UCF, few others as well. Uh, just another one though, where let's see if he gets on campus. That that's going to be the big thing here uh, moving forward. Uh, that 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 Minnesota game, that Ohio State game. Obviously, those are the ones we're all going to have circled. Maybe late in the year, uh, the Michigan State game. And actually, mm-hmm. I, I did I mentioned with Blackstock, he he because he's a junior college guy, he's going to be playing every Saturday, pretty much till the beginning of of November. I think maybe the second week or so of November. So for him. Uh, he, I don't think he's, he's not gonna be able to visit anywhere until November, until December. So maybe that Michigan State game could be a potential weekend for him to visit or one of those weekends in December where, you know, Penn State hosts uh, a handful of official visitors each weekend to, to finish out the class before the early signing period. So another guy where we're still probably two months away from really kind of figuring out who his top schools are. Of course, we'll continue to stay in touch with him and all that. But until they take those visits and, you, you know, you get three or four official visits and get a clear picture of the situation, uh, it's just tough to really say. 
Yeah, and I apologize. I, when we were talking before the show, I thought Blackstock was a receiver because I we no, talked no. about it right before. So my bad. That's so we we covered it. That we covered the thing I was yeah, trying to get go. us to anyway. So that's perfect. Uh, but that's not all the information going on with the Nittany Lions as far as recruits and 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 the class of 2023 and beyond. Of course, this weekend is another home game, another opportunity to host players on campus. So we got the Central Michigan visitor list coming up. And uh, a couple names here to know, Ryan, who, who should we be paying attention to that's going to be visiting James Franklin on the field before the game Saturday? Yeah, yeah. So Edwin Joseph is is without a doubt the, the top visitor this, this weekend. 2023 official visitor from Shamanah Madonna in Hollywood, uh, Hollywood Florida. Uh, he was just upgraded to a four-star prospect this past week by on three as well. We have a number 264 in the nation, number 10 uh, as an athlete, and number 53 in Florida. Uh, so Penn State is recruiting him as a wide receiver. He has picked up recent offers from Miami, Florida State, and Louisville. Uh, those three are all re uh, recruiting him for corner. So he just started really playing corner this year and has really taken off there. So I'll, I'll be curious to see what, what wins out there, right? Is, is he more interesting wide receiver now? Or, or are all these new schools pushing corner on him? Does that mm -hmm. have a bigger impact? So it, maybe it doesn't even matter, right? At the end of the day, it might just be, this is a school that's best for me. These are the coaches that are best for me. And that is kind of what Edwin has said. But I just think there's more coaches get in his ear. Uh, that's something he's going to have to to figure out with time and, and something that will probably have an impact, whether he admits that publicly or not, it, it usually does. So, but the, the, the big thing this weekend is pretty simple. Uh, he, he made it very clear to me that he is comfortable with Jaywan Sider. He's comfortable with Stubblefield. He's had a handful of talks with Franklin. Now that that relationship feels good. His parents are the ones that need to build that relationship. And that's what that's going to be all about this weekend. Shamanamadana uh, played a game last night. So he is going to get on. He should be on campus now, actually. Uh, got got in, I believe. It was expected to be mid-afternoon. So should be here now. He'll be here all day Saturday. Should be heading out early on Sunday. And, of course, we'll we'll do our best to, to reach out to him and get in touch with him Sunday night into Monday or, uh, of course, whenever he's free. But he's become a pretty important prospect for Penn State. However, the one thing I will say, though, is that when I'm looking at the tiers of most important positions with three scholarships left, or at least that's what – so it's easy. I mean, they could make it right. hard and go 25, but easily they can get three. In my eyes, the end, offensive tackle, yep, and probably running back. I'm probably ahead of wide receiver now, because look, just look at what's happening at running back right now. Freshman, freshman, already pretty much becoming the top two guys. Yeah, I mean, Devin Ford's a, a great team guy. He's going to have a decision to make after the year. Yep. And I wouldn't be surprised if Kevon Lee has a decision to make after the year. Then you throw in the fact that London Montgomery has a torn ACL. Running backs, if you would ask yeah. me two months ago, I was saying, hey, I think they can get away with London. They'll take a top guy if they can get one, yeah. but they don't they don't need to. You have that injury. You have this emergence, which I think most of us expected to happen. But now that you're seeing it, uh, yeah. I, I would kind of have to put wide receiver, or excuse me, running back above wide receiver. Go ahead. Dude. And the, the complete takeover too. So, you know, in the last mm -hmm. couple games, I know the injury was a part of it and that's a part of the story here, but really the first game, Kevon Lee is the guy. And then it's basically a veteran rest day and then it gets injured. So <laughs> that, uh, that situation has become very quickly mm -hmm. just a complete takeover by not just Nick Singleton, but also Katron Allen in, in a lot of, mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. So something that we, kind of saw coming as you mentioned but still the i don't 
I don't think even in all of our estimations, it was going to be by week three, it would feel this way. It would maybe right. be this week or heading into the Big Ten season. So that is, I, I agree. We were on the same page this summer. I'm like, you take one because all the other positions are so much more important. And look at all the running backs you have, but one already transferred. So I guess you yeah. can begrudgingly drag me over into that camp as well. I see what you're saying. I see what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. So just, who knows? Let's just see. But I think you got to, you know, in my eyes, those three probably get above wide receiver right now. So, though, my point with all this is while Edwin is a very important prospect and I think someone they like, and I think if he was ready to commit tomorrow, I think they'd probably have to take him. But Edwin's been yeah. keep saying November, December is probably when he's going to decide. So when you add that all up, when you add the fact that by November, December, we'll have a, we'll know a lot more with who's leaving uh, and who's in the portal and all those kind of things. I just wide receiver is definitely something they want to take a position they want to yeah. take, but I just think you have to put those other three positions probably ahead of wide receiver at the moment when it comes to importance. Definitely defensive end, definitely offensive tackle. Those two, without a doubt, are one, two. They're pretty much one A, one B in my eyes. And then I would probably just lean a little bit more towards running back over wide receiver. But uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. And of course, between now and the end of November, man, you know, there's going to be so many coaching changes and all that kind of yeah. stuff that, uh, you know, a lot a lot's going to change. It always does. I just wanted to check this because it, you know, as we've transitioned into the football season, I've been focusing much more on on the team and, and that stuff. But I I think you've got to be uncomfortable still with only uh with, with two wide receivers in the class. You know, Johnny Shakir mm -hmm. and Carmelo, Carmelo Taylor are are good players, right? But Penn State's got a lot of good receivers, and right now none of them are stepping up and are are producing. You know, they're not outside of the top two that we know about everybody is kind of fighting in that middle ground and finding another guy to be the third or be that speed option that I think they still need. And they need to infuse more of that. That's going to be something I'm monitoring going forward. But, but I think you're right in terms of need immediately. And then yeah, running back and, and the class structure and elite guys are going to, as you've said before, elite guys are going to change this. If somebody wants to join the class late, um, are there any other players on the Central Michigan list that we should know? Anybody you're interested in highlighting before we move on to the next topic? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, just just circle back to one last thing though. Like, I think there's a real chance we're talking about Katron Allen, and Nick Singleton being the only running backs on this team by mid-December. Oh, then by the way, yeah. you have London Montgomery coming off a torn ACL. So yeah, just keep that in mind here moving forward. I think that that's a real possibility at, at this point. So uh, the the only other guy though, to note for Central Michigan that, that at least the top player that I think like could seriously end up at Penn State is is uh, David Papali. Uh, 2024 defensive lineman out of Hempfield, originally from Alaska. We wrote a story about him, I don't know, probably about two, three weeks ago now. Great kid. I uh, really enjoy getting to know his coaches. I'm actually, he he plays Joey Schlafler in Exeter and I think two to three weeks from now. So I'm looking forward to going and seeing down there. But as I mentioned, originally from Alaska, moved over here, I don't know, a handful of years ago, and is really starting to emerge as a, as a true Division One prospect. He, he still just has Louisville and Temples as other schools right now. I mean, obviously Penn State, you can consider Penn State the favorite here, but I just I think the main two things here is one, let's see who else offers, and then two, let's see how he keeps progressing as well. Because I wouldn't yeah. say, you know, like so many of these twenty twenty four guys, I mean the the film that comes back from this season will determine what this board looks like. As Sean and I have discussed, you know, the last two weeks uh, over. I mean, I think by no by December 
January, definitely by February, we'll have a real feel for, okay, the, you know, these guys are the top guys. These are the ones who fell off. These are the ones who moved up, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, um, but Papali's definitely a, a fits, fits great off the field, all those kind of things. Great character, great leader, showing, showing some real signs of being a top prospect. But, uh, you know, let's just see how things progress here in the weeks ahead. But those are really the main two, I would say, this week. Zion Gray is a 2025 athlete uh, from North Stafford. He has a Maryland offer. Let's see. I mean, 2025. Let's see how that progresses down the road. Luca Pucanelli's a 2024 tight end. Um, out of Richmond, Virginia, Benedictine. I, I, I mean, I think it's very clear. Brady Prescorn is a top tight end. Hogan Hans is their yeah. number two. And, I mean, we'll see. I mean, Pucanelli did camp. Uh, I think he ran like a 5-3-40, though. So, obviously, they want, they want athletes who are putting up um, better numbers than that. So, let's see. I mean, maybe – I don't I don't know. Maybe he has better times uh, outside of that. But I, I do know that that, that probably hurt uh, Pucanelli in, in the eyes of the staff. But he does have some quality offers. Virginia Tech, South Carolina, Maryland, Duke, East Carolina. But uh, – as of right now, there's no doubt about it. Brady Prescorn is their top guy. Hogan Hansen is number two. And uh, Penn State can just get one of them. I think they'd be pretty happy with 2024. Now, uh, the only people that are close to working as hard as you and Greg Pickle would be the Penn State coaching staff. You know, in Craig terms Pickle of- works harder than me. But go on. <laughs> <laughs> the two of you are up here and then maybe the coaching staff somewhere below that. No, but, uh, well, I, go on, my, go on. My, I don't work my, anywhere close as hard as those guys, <laughs> but go on, go on. My, I my point being... They're also on the road today. They're also going to be yes. out seeing uh, players like you are going over to Pittsburgh to see Quentin Martin. So uh, just quickly here, as before we get into our best bet segment, where are the names to know and players that they're visiting uh, mm-hmm. for the Penn State coaching staff? Yeah, so uh, tonight we're going to have two games. Or James, James Franklin is expected to be at two games tonight. Uh, if you look outside of D.C. in that northern Virginia area, there's three really good players all committed to Penn State in that area. It was just kind of a matter of time until Franklin hit that area. Uh, he, he'll be joined by J1 Sider tonight, of course, who recruits that area. Uh, I expect him to see Alex Birchmeyer's game at Broad Run. Should be there for the first half. And then he'll, he'll uh, get over to Fairfax, Virginia. Uh, for uh, Tony Rojas's game. So not sure if there's going to be a helicopter. I was kind of told that, you know, James usually likes to take helicopters, these events. I was told like with it being close to DC, there may be some issues with that. Uh, (laughs) I I don't know. That's shot down. (laughs) Yeah. I I just had, I was talking to people, you know, people I trust, obviously close to staff. They were like, yeah, we, we have a little bit of an issue with the helicopter situation uh, this week. So I'm not sure. Maybe they got that figured out. Maybe they didn't. I'm not sure. But uh, those two schools aren't too far from each other. Uh, he is also expected to stop and see Anthony Donko at his school today. He can't really talk to the players too much during this period, but they can meet mm-hmm. with their coaches. They can have a small bump, say hello, but can't do those extended long conversations. Uh, once they get to d- December and January, that's when you can pull players out of class, have half-hour talks, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like I said, Birchmeyer, Rojas, Donko. Uh, they will be stopping by all three of their schools during the day. And then James Franklin Sider will be at Birchmeyer's game for the first half, expecting to see Rojas's game for the second half. The issue I would also say is Rojas hasn't been playing in like any second half. So I think they're yeah. just going to be sitting on the bench watching that <laughs> because uh, I think every, I don't think Rojas has played a single fourth quarter yet this year. Uh, I know last week he had 214 yards rushing, 13 carries, uh, four touchdowns and something like that. Like all of it was like the first, I don't know, like, 18 minutes of the game or something like that. So uh, we'll, we'll see. Maybe, maybe we'll get to see him, uh, you know, run, run a play or two, but uh, yeah, Fairfax is just destroying guys this year. That's another yeah. one. I got to get down there at some point and see him. Uh, I, I keep wanting to say, well, maybe Tony can play running back instead of linebacker next year, but obviously they very much need <laughs> they a linebacker. They want him a linebacker. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah he's playing great at linebacker problem. too. 
I wish it's hard to track those stats. Obviously it's much harder to track defensive stats, but um, I'll, I, I, he's actually, and I should say like, he's, he's playing a lot of defensive end kind of more than, than true linebacker. He's kind of gone back and forth with it, but uh, a lot of rushing off the edge for him, but go on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, One last question. It's my patented T Frank out of left field uh, curveball question, but uh, Mm -hmm. have you seen anything of Anthony Donko? Uh, Have you seen his, any of his highlights or anything this year? And if so, How's he doing? What what are your thoughts there? Because he's a very, I think he's a very key piece to understanding how the rest of this is going to unlock for twenty twenty three at the offensive line. Yeah, well, I, I would say this. I mean, I watched I watched a couple highlights, right? Like there's like fifty second clips on Sunday morning. I watch him. Yeah. Looks he's always looked great to me. But I, I don't, you know, like you guys know me. Like I'm a journalist more than I'm a scout, so I try not. To, I I think I know football. I don't pretend that I'm an NFL scout or anything like that. But where where I'm getting with this is that Charles Power. And yourself, you guys are much better with with that scouting um, kind of stuff than me. And and I've talked to, to Charles uh, this past weekend, and, and what he was really saying from the full game clips that he's been able to watch is that Anthony's really kind of putting all the little things together. He always had that size, yeah. always had that athleticism, uh, just was kind of missing some of those fundamental things. And that's where he says he's really seen a, a step up from Donko this year. Of course, Donko was up. Excuse me, I bumped the mic. Upgraded to a four star player this past week. Uh, I think he's in the two seventy ish range now. So uh, yeah. that that's great for Penn State moving forward. But um, you know, I, I watched. A little bit like you like everybody else like the fans do but i, I try uh i try to defer to the people who actually have more experience with that stuff than i do i, I watch I, a lot I, of football but I, i'm a journalist i went to school to be a journalist I, I i just try not to bs people i uh i i opened up a light ridge high school game and i okay. had to immediately close it because i had six other things i had to do so i haven't had a chance <laughs> to watch him yet which is why i was asking because you know the, the little things are exactly what he needed to work on where I don't think he really had a, a, an understanding of what pass protection was, you know, and how to do it and where he, I don't think he made a lot of mistakes, but there wasn't the active understanding on film of, okay, you know, X, Y, and Z happens, blah, 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 you know, all of those things that he's supposed to know and, and just felt like his eyes were leading him around the field a little bit slow. So knowing those mm-hmm. things and then, and, you know, trying to project him to tackle, which is where everyone projects him. I understand the length and the size, but if you don't have those instincts, of pass protection, especially that was always that's always been my hesitation of if you're leaning and you have length, it doesn't matter. You know, you're going to get pulled off your spot. So that's going to be a fascinating thing. And for all uh, from anything, it sounds Charles does a great job and, you know, does everything right. I agree with 99 percent of what he says. So that's a good thing for Penn State fans to hear that coming out of uh, about Anthony Donko. Um, mm-hmm. So last question I have. We still got the the final stretch here, but. How do you feel about 23? How do you feel about this class? I know it's in the top 15. Good class, class that can be great, do you think? Can it break that way here in the final couple of months? What I expected it to be, honestly, because there there wasn't a whole lot of host of five-star players in the region this year. We That was something we were hitting on from the very beginning was, you know what made that class special last year? You got three five-star players, and that's the difference between – Twelfth yep. and seventh sometimes. Okay, yep. you know, just just getting those couple extra stars, it gives it gives it some some boost in the rating. So so that, that it's pretty much what I expected. I mean, there was there certainly that point where late late June, early July, we were thinking, man, this is going to be a top ten class. They're going to get fifteen four star players, and look, they have fourteen, I think, right now. So it's still pretty good. Uh, but you know they they certainly have some holes still. They 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 really should try and get a another offensive tackle. Although man, they still have a great offensive line class with Donko and Birchmeyer and Williams. So even if they aren't able to get somebody in there, uh, they they should feel very good with that haul. 
And then, like I said, you know, trying to find a defensive end. That Tamarian Parker loss was massive. It, it yeah. was one that they thought they they had a great steal. Uh, not not a steal from the perspective of an underrated player, but a, a, getting a player that many didn't expect them to get. Uh, I think all signs are kind of pointing to Clemson now with him. But they, they got to try and find a DN, try and find a tackle. Blackstock seems to have interest. We'll, we'll see how that progresses. But, um, you know, f- figure figure out a couple little holes, maybe try and flip a top player or two, and, and they should finish, you know, 11th, 12th, somewhere in that ballpark. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I always, uh, my curiosity always gets the better of me. So thanks for, uh, for answering those final questions. It took us longer than we wanted to, but we are finally here to the main event. I think this is going to be one of the best seasons Toledo's ever had. Uh, we'll do the official play will be minus seven and a half first half. Degenerate in me sometimes watches a little Hawaii, you know. Uh, Stanford, I'll, I'll, I'll lay 12 with Stanford. Vanderbilt stinks. I had them last week against Notre Dame. That was a winner. burning the money the burning the money gets me every time like t frank thought that was so clever but like in the gambling world that's like what don't you know wasting your money i don't know it, was, it is clever but it's no, it's no i, I that was intentional <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. that was intentional okay. Okay. <laughs> i was okay. subtly undercutting it the entire time because like I, don't, All right. I i enjoy this and i think you're doing a great job but you know, I, I felt a little silly being like, this is very serious. <laughs> oh, it's not serious. It's definitely not serious. But uh, I will say we had a winner last week, three and two. Should have definitely been four and one last week. If Jake Hayner does not get hurt against USC, we cover that spread. I have no doubt in my mind. And I was a coward and ended up taking the under instead of Penn State minus the points, which if we read all of our predictions, we all, you know, were leading Penn State to to cover that spread. And then I just was a coward on on Friday and and went with the under. So three and two, hey, it's it's small profit. It's better than two and three, better than one yep. and four, better than zero oh and five. We're forty four and thirty now, lifetime in this series, and we got five more today. So let's get to it. Yeah, let's get to them. Let's see what you're going to be making money on. And by the way, those incremental changes, those little things, that's where you make up in the margins. So what do we got this week? All right, so I know one of you are going to leave in the comments that you don't care about any of these games. No one's watching these <laughs> games. Don't worry. I'm not watching these games either. I'm trying to find value and uh, win some money. So I don't care about Eastern Michigan Buffalo. I don't care about Old – well, actually, I do some, kind of care about Old Dominion because of Ricky Ronnie, yeah. of course. Uh, Northwestern, Miami, Ohio, I won't watch. Shoot, I don't even know if I'll watch the whole Penn State game if I'm being honest with you guys. So, uh, But, yeah, I mean, TCU, SMU, I guess that's the best bet. Uh, on there as far as appealing games to watch but i just find value in in some of these games and of course we pick the penn state game every week but uh we will i guess we'll start with tcu smu i i, I kind of think so i have minus two on there right as and i always try and provide the spread on it but 
But really, my suggestion would be to bet the money line on this one. I'll never tell you guys to bet money lines if it's minus 170 or minus 200 or something extreme. That's the coward way of doing this. So, uh, But minus 125 is not too extreme. Like, I would bet that in real life. So we have TCU this week, minus 125. I forget which book it is. I think it was BetMGM, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so lay 125 to win 100 against SMU. So Sonny Dykes, of course, is returning to face his old team this week. Uh, I think he knows a lot about Tanner Mordecai, who's SMU's quarterback. I think he knows his weakness as well. I like that. The simple fact that, you know, uh, Dykes Dykes knows this team. He knows the weaknesses of this team. And I think TCU is a pretty good team overall, too. I, I think TCU is definitely a top 25 team or, or will, will potentially be a top 25 team at the end of the year. I've never been a massive Max Duggan fan, but uh, he's a quarterback at TCU. But I think he's playing pretty well so far. 78% completion rate, five touchdowns, no interceptions. The thing that grabs my attention here, though, is Maryland ran for 225 yards and two touchdowns against SMU last week. I, I don't have a lot of faith in that SMU defense. Uh, TCU lost Zach Evans. He was a former five-star player. But they're still running the ball really well this year. I, I don't I don't really have any too any concerns if maryland can do that i think tcu can can do something similar control the ground control the run game uh but yeah just give me tcu money line minus 125 over smu i like sunny dice going against his old team i think they have the better players in a multitude positions and max duggan who again i've never been a massive fan of uh i think he's playing pretty well at the moment let's give him his credit so let's move on to eastern michigan another directional michigan heading uh yep. to buffalo they are a six point favorite so what are you mm-hmm. looking at here in this game yeah so we're going to take eastern michigan minus the six at this one uh buffalo is just really bad i mean we we bet we were betting buffalo all the time last year yeah uh but since lance leipold has left that program is, yep. is not going in the right direction man uh they they got smacked last week against carolina uh coastal carolina excuse me uh, they got smacked. They lost the Holy Cross, which Holy Cross is a respectable uh, FCS team, but uh, you know they, they're just not yeah. going in the right direction at the moment. So, yeah. uh, go ahead. You going to say something? I was going to say UB was a, a really respectable MAC team. Like you shouldn't mm-hmm. lose to an FCS team if you're, you know, some excluded. But if you're Buffalo, you were rising above that to your point, and now right. kind of back to that spot. Yeah, it's just, it just hasn't been good since Lightpole left the program, but. Um, they're 125th in, in passing success rate. Talk about Buffalo here. 130th in explosive plays. Like, they just can't really get much of anything going on offense. Eastern Michigan just beat Arizona State last week. Now, normally in these situations, I wouldn't I, – I would I would stay away from the upset, right? Usually right. you're down, you're due for a letdown. Uh, but I just think Buffalo sucks. And here you go. There, there's a clip for you down the road for, <laughs> for your next promo. I just I think Buffalo's bad this year. Uh, Taylor Powell, I mean, his stack. So Taylor Powell's the, the quarterback for Eastern Michigan. If you look at his stats, four touchdowns, five interceptions. But if you dig a little bit deeper, he's got a lot of batted balls, a lot of drops by his wide receivers. Of course, you need them to make these plays this week. But uh, he's actually playing better than his stats give him credit for, I think. Uh, they have Samson Evans, too, as Eastern Michigan does. Quality running back, set six yards per carry. Buffalo's allowing 198 rushing yards per game right now. So I just I just think this spread should be closer to 10 or so. I think it's good value. And, uh, yeah, I, I expect uh, – are they the Eagles? I think they're the Eagles. All I know is Drew Aller. Drew Aller's dad played for Eastern Michigan. So uh, I, I, I expect the, the fighting Allers to, to get the job done. The fighting Allers. Uh, from them to the fighting Ricky Ronnies. Just notice, yeah. are these all road favorites uh, other than Penn State? Uh, or are these, uh, is, believe- that's not in the order of home and away? 
I, I'll be honest, I was rushing this morning, so they okay. may not be in the same order. I, <laughs> I was going to say, we've got a lot of road favorites here, but Old Dominion versus Arkansas State is our next game. Uh, four and a half point favorite for Old Dominion. What are you looking for in this game? Yeah, looking up for with you, I, 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 I think they are actually road favorites. I, no, I think Eastern Michigan's at home, but I do think Old Dominion might be on the road. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, give me the give me the fight in Ricky Ronnie's in this one. Arkansas State is not good, guys. Uh, they played well for about 15 minutes against Ohio State, and I think that's a massive reason why this spread is not substantially higher than what it is. Look, Old Dominion's one and two, but they've played a hard schedule. They beat Vatech. They uh, lost to Virginia. They lost to Eastern Carolina, but they played all. They played well in all three of those games. Uh, Zach Coots is playing well. Their quarterback's playing well. I forget the name off the top of my head, but I was looking at their stats. I mean, I, I like. I really like the direction that Ricky's taking this team. I kind of think they're a dark horse in the Sun Belt this year. Uh, but yeah, just I mean, Arkansas State. One other thing too, Arkansas State allowed nearly 200 yards. Um, I think it was like 500 some to 300 some against Memphis last week. They barely covered against Memphis last week. And like I said, they, they played a good for a little bit against Ohio state. And I think that that's kind of messed with people's perceptions here, but yeah, I, I like, I think minus four and a half here is good value. This spread was up to like six and seven earlier in the week. And people keep betting Arkansas state. I'll gladly take old dominion. I think they're just a better team here. When you zig, he zags. That's right. Snyder are sharp, our best bets expert. So that's we got TCU, Eastern Michigan, and Old Dominion all in the books. Now we got Northwestern and Miami of Ohio. So what's going on in this game that you like? Yeah, I believe Northwestern's at home. Uh, so okay. that, that's not in the right order, but I do believe they are at home. Uh, just Miami, Ohio's got some serious injuries, guys. Uh, they're out there. They, they're missing their quarterback. They're missing their left tackle. I believe one of their running backs is out. Uh, they played Kentucky and Cincinnati, and both of those teams beat up on on Miami, Ohio. So they're just in a, yeah. in a tough spot right now. And Northwestern needs this game. They are coming off a loss to Southern Illinois last week. Of course, they played well against Nebraska. I, I, I still don't have a great read on what Northwestern is. But I, yeah. I do have a good read on what Miami, Ohio is, especially missing some of these guys. So I just expect Northwestern to get the job done at home this week. They need this win after last week. Minus seven is not that much against a MAC team. Yes, Northwestern is not that good, but I think they should be able to cover this. Uh, give me the Wildcats minus seven. All right. And now let's get to it. Our game of the week. Penn State home against Central Michigan. They are a 27 and a half point favorite. So are you taking the points in this one? No, I can't take the point. Central Michigan's not good. Um, I, I, you know, I've gone back and forth on the over or Penn State this week. Uh, I've just kind of, and I did this last week, right? And I picked the wrong one. So <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm picking Penn State with the spread, but that maybe, maybe that tells you you should take the over. I, I don't know which one it's going to be. I, I'd like both of those plays, though. I just... I look at what Oklahoma State did against uh, Central Michigan. I look at what South Alabama did. I think they Oklahoma State had 51 points, I think, like by the first drive of the second half. South Alabama yeah. scored 38 points on them. I mean, there's no reason that Penn State should not be able to get to 48 points, maybe 55 points in this game. And the spread's only 63. And then you look at what Central Michigan done as well. I mean, they're, they are putting up some points. They have some yep. quality offensive players. So, I mean – I think 63 is like right where it should be. I mean, I really see like a 48, 14 kind of, kind of game here. I mean, it's, 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 I think that, that, that total, that line, there's no, I mean, it, it's, it's the right number at 63. So I, I kind of like the over, I'm going to lean towards the, the 27 and a half on that one. But, uh, and that's mainly just because I, I like what I've seen from Penn State's young players. They, they, yeah. 
I said don't bet the Ohio game. Uh, and this was before we started doing best bets. But in my in my prediction write-up, I said don't bet the Ohio game because we just don't know yet. Well, we know yeah. now. Now we know yeah. that those young players are playing well. We've seen them again in all, and pretty, and we've seen a bunch of them in all three games now, uh, but especially against Ohio, and and sometime against Auburn as well. So I feel confident that the, the young guys can come in and get some points and and keep the ball moving, and you know, mm-hmm. add another touchdown or two, and uh, you know, uh, yeah, sure, I expect uh, Central Michigan to get to get some late scores, but uh, they they should be able to cover this. But also, one last thing: make sure if you if you are going to bet this. There, you can find 28 and you can find 27 and a half. So do your research, find, find the book, whether it's DraftKings, whether it's BetMGM, whether it's Caesars, whether it's FanDuel, I can label them all off the top of my head, but just, just look around for that one. Use the action app. It's an app I use all the time to, to find uh, the different spreads and different things like that. But um, just search around and try and find 27 and a half. Well, if you're from the action app, that sounds like a perfect sponsor for this segment. So, uh, you know, give me a call. They're, we'll get that going. They're good guys. <laughs> Uh, so the the let's get into the game. Let's talk a little bit about Penn State Central Michigan. I put my prediction in before I'd actually had a chance to watch any of Central Michigan, and I think I gave them too many points by just how many points they'd put up throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so are, are you thinking in in terms of when it comes to Penn State, are is the defense going to be able to preserve whatever the the starters get? I guess that's the question. Is do you think the youth on that side? you know, up front and then in the secondary, do you think they have enough to to keep this under to 14, like you were saying, instead of giving up 24 or yeah. more, which is what they've been able to do so far this season? It just depends on how deep James wants to go in this one, you know? And yeah. I, I, the one thing I would say is that, you know, the, the, as he mentioned this week in his press conference, like there are some guys he has to hold out this week because he's worried about injuries. And, you know, some of the talented young guys, which means that some of those talented young guys that would normally play in this situation, well, they're, you know, who are, you know, normally I would say second, third string, they're probably going to get passed for third, fourth string this week. So that, that could have a little bit of an impact on, on either how much Penn State is able to put up or, or, you know, some of the young guys, uh, you know, maybe some of the walk-ons playing in the fourth quarter, things like that. But yeah. it's just, it's just hard to tell. It's hard. It's, it's impossible to really know. I would definitely expect to see Drew Aller in the second quarter, as long as everything goes to plan, you know, maybe Penn State gets up by uh, 17, 21 and, and, and yeah. James, Pulls, pulls Clifford to, to keep him fresh. But um, I, I I would think that they should be able to cover to 27 and a half. And then, you know, with the, with the 63, it's, it's really going to be all about uh, can, can central Michigan get some, get some late scores. Yeah. And I think that if they play their starters deep past when Penn state has pulled theirs, which is what they did against Oklahoma state too, in the third quarter, they still had their starting offense in, they aren't a bad offense. Like I think they're very well coached, especially. The offensive line, maybe not particularly talented, but they're decent pass blockers. They're they're not going to hold up against Penn State's athletes, but they've done a decent job so far this year. Um, And they've produced some good offensive linemen in the past that have gone on to the Mm -hmm. NFL as Mm -hmm. earlier mid-round picks. And the right tackle, number 75, redshirt freshman, I think he's going to be the next guy after some development because he's still a little bit light. He's still a little lean. He still leans on people. He's not, you know, really all that, I think, technically sound yet, but Great feet, great awareness. He just needs more tools in his belt when he goes up, you know, as a run blocker and a pass protector. Uh, So you're going to get that guy this year, I guess is what I'm saying, is that I don't see any beasts up uh, that are going to change something for Central Michigan. And then at quarterback and running back, you know, the whole system works well together. And it's funny, James Franklin, I've been asking about offensive run systems and Penn State has changed theirs uh, and, and augmented it more and more over the last couple of years to where last week they're running almost 
entirely or at least very heavy into gap schemes and, and blocking and counter and power and things like that. Some of the old traditional run schemes that I think Penn State fans are used to. Um, and then I asked him this week about is like, is the spread figured out? Is the spread offense figured out? Because you watch a lot of these teams and they're having to do a lot of different stuff now. Um, Central Michigan is another team that puts players in the pistol. They do a lot of shifting. And this is what James Franklin talked about uh, on, on Wednesday was if you're in the spread and you're doing this stuff, you've got to disguise what you're trying to run. So they'll run a lot of stuff to the same side, a lot of man to the same side. They blur the lines between everything so that their man blocking looks like their zone blocking. Their RPOs look like their read options and or their, uh, their play actions and everything is very gray. But what I think that does to me kind of as like, you know, I want to see it clear. I think it muddles it for the, the offense as well. Like these, what it's turning into is I think what it started out feeling like in the spread is very gimmicky. And there's a lot of gimmick here with central Michigan in, in their spread offense. So they'll get some yards. They'll get some points. I know Nate brought up on uh Tuesday on the Tuesday show. No, no, no. On the Thursday show. It's been a blur this week. Uh, that they have 83 first downs because they're good at moving the chains. The quarterback is smart. He reads the field well. I think he he uh, can deliver the ball on time, but Penn State should be overwhelming to these guys. And then the defense is just bad. Like, I don't say, like, they're just bad. They're bad. The receivers, yeah. Ryan, are the interesting thing to me is because I don't know that the receivers have put up a great performance yet. This is a week that I think the receivers specifically – can't go well one or two things happen like you've got to win your matchups this week you think mm -hmm. that do you think that's something that given what you've seen uh just from the point totals and from other teams being able to do that is that Penn State should be able to do that you're right? saying Penn State's receivers yeah 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 I mean they, they should I mean Parker Washington we've been waiting for for a big time game from Parker this year I mean just looking at his past performances and I did a bunch of PFF grades I mean he's his performance is a little bit a little bit down this year but you know breaking wait break excuse me waiting for a breakout from Keandre Lambert Smith be curious yeah. to see some of the young guys emerge Amari's been playing well Harrison I mean everybody's been waiting for Harrison Wallace to really take that yep. next step so you yep. would think that this would be a good game for it you're going to get plenty of time with Aller as well uh, everybody's everybody's enjoying watching uh, you know his deep balls and, and things like that. So you you would think that this would set up well for that. You would think Northwestern would set up well for that too. Just just a little yeah. bit I've seen from Northwestern as well. So you got two weeks to to really try and gel and get things going into that bye week, and then um you know that's that's when things get fun. Yeah, and I I think it should be a good game for Penn State. I'm with you. I, I gave I gave Central Michigan too many points. I, I I'm regretting that already. Um, what'd you give them? Too many. I didn't, 24. I think I said it was like 46, 24, something like that. And, and, and the more I look, I'm like, I think 17 is better. Yeah. That might be it. That might be a more accurate number. So that'll do it. You got anything else for us, Ryan? You got any more uh, insight? No, just uh, looking forward to seeing Quentin Martin tonight. And, uh, you know, looking forward to, I won't be at Beaver Stadium this weekend. I was hoping to maybe try and get up there, but I got, I'm going to drive home tonight from Pittsburgh. So it's going to be a, a late night drive and, Looking forward to getting up there for the Northwestern game next weekend. That'll be my first game this year. So I, I left State College on July 25th, and I've only been back once. It just feels weird, but uh, looking forward to getting back. Well, we miss you too, Ryan. It'll be good when you're oh, back. Oh, thanks. That'll do it today for the BWI Daily Edition. Live post-game show. Don't, don't get too excited. Don't leave in the third quarter and check out and go do yard work. Stay around. Watch the fourth quarter or just... When your phone gives you the notification that Blue White Illustrated is live on YouTube after the Central Michigan game, I'll be breaking down what I've seen on film 
I've got my extensive uh, intricate replay system. So I'm, I'm going through and analyzing the game as it's happening. And really what we're going to be doing is we're going to be watching players, not plays, because all the schemes should work against Central Michigan. And uh, we'll be talking about that post game. So join us tomorrow on the BWI live show. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. He's Ryan Snyder. We'll talk to you then.